This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. It's a new month, which means it's a great time to subscribe because you won't be charged twice anytime soon. Go ahead and uh, check out the content, the garbage can show that we release every Friday. You also get a free month subscription to Means TV when you subscribe to the District Sentinel Radio Patreon. It's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Some good news out of Bolivia. Evo Morales has returned home after he was forced out in a right-wing military coup supported by the U.S. last year. Also supported by U.S. media outlets like the New York Times, which reported on Morales' return to Bolivia with this headline, quote, Bolivia's former president, Evo Morales, returned to the country on Monday, a year after his failed attempt to keep power (laughs) tore the nation apart and sent him into exile. Hmm. I wonder how his attempt to keep power, quote unquote, failed, quote unquote. Uh, describing resistance to a right-wing military coup as a failed attempt to keep power tearing the nation apart. That's, that's one hell of a way to do it, I suppose. What, what tore the nation apart? Morales trying to stay in his democratically elected post or the military trying to overthrow him with the support of the world's superpower? I don't know. I don't know. Meanwhile, it's... Uh, been almost a week since the election, and Trump has yet to concede. Axios reporting over the weekend that Trump is planning all sorts of rallies to whip up his supporters to keep up the fight. Uh, he's got lawyers dispatched across the country. He's uh, he's planning a, a whole media operation around this. Uh, this ain't ending anytime soon. But uh, I think it's safe that we can, while keeping an eye on Trump and whatever weird shit might unfold by his refusal to concede, to begin putting pressure on the president-elect Joe Biden. And we're about to do that right now. It's Monday, November 9th, 2020. Here's the news. On Saturday morning, major news organizations finally called the presidential race for Joe Biden, and already a potential Biden administration scandal is taking shape. On Sunday, the Financial Times reported that the president-elect is considering billionaire former Google CEO Eric Schmidt as the head of a White House tech industry task force. This alone would be controversial enough, considering Schmidt was one of Biden's top fundraisers, one of 817 bundlers who raised over $100,000 for Joe Biden. Then this morning, Vox reported that Schmidt is applying for citizenship in Cyprus, a known tax haven. Schmidt's application was initially reported last month by a Cypriot publication in a development unnoticed by any English language media. The billionaire declined to comment when asked why by Vox, which noted that he would benefit through, quote, the ability to travel to the European Union, along with a potentially favorable personal tax regime. In 2013, the financial system in Cyprus collapsed and 
In 2013, the financial system in Cyprus collapsed and the government responded in part by offering citizenship to anyone who invested at least 2 million euros in the country. Last month, the program was suspended after an Al Jazeera sting captured Cypriot officials on camera offering to help a man posing as a foreign businessman with a criminal background through the citizenship application process. Even if Schmidt is intent on playing by the book, and I have no doubt that his plans are fully legal, he could still lower his tax bill significantly. A company called Offshore Protect describes Cyprus as having, quote, one of the lowest corporate tax rates in the EU at 12.5%, Cyprus also exempts non-resident companies from local taxes. Fox noted that while Schmidt was at Google, he was known for putting as much of the company's money as possible in tax havens. In 2012, when asked about this, Schmidt said, quote, I am very proud of the structure that we set up. We did it based on the incentives that the government offered us to operate. It's called capitalism. This is exactly the sort of person Joe Biden wanted to appeal to when he went out of his way time and time again to bash socialism. Now Schmidt looks set to have a key role in shaping Biden admin tech policy. Don't be surprised if it contains perverse corporate giveaways to people like Schmidt, tax-dodging billionaires who raise a lot of money for politicians and then get a seat at the policymaking table. By the way, how much of that quote about We did it based on the incentives. I'm very proud. It's called capitalism. Uh, How much of that reminds you of Trump saying that paying so little in taxes makes him smart? Yeah, it is pretty reminiscent. And of course, Schmidt is just one of several ghouls considered uh, being considered for a role in the Biden administration, including Meg Whitman, who blew two billion dollars and laid off. Thousands of people through the uh, failed Quibi uh, venture and uh, John Kasich, the Ohio former Ohio governor who endorsed Biden and spoke at the DNC is being considered, even though Kasich couldn't even deliver Ohio for Biden this time around. Uh, Really going to have to keep up some pressure here. Um, Rahm Emanuel being considered as well. Just. Not good news there. I mean, no one no one should be too surprised by this. But uh, yeah, it's material materializing now. I uh, I have to admit, I was pretty happy on Saturday when it was finally, you know, called for. I didn't expect it to go differently at that point. But it was kind of like a cathartic moment. Like, oh, damn, the next four years uh, are not going to involve a, a Trump administration. And that's pretty good. And I think that... That buzz lasted for about five hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the right-wing meltdowns are still very, very much enjoyable, but... Yeah. If, it, you aren't, if you aren't getting enjoyment out of the Rudy Giuliani Four Seasons landscaping press conference, your heart has turned to stone. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is okay to get enjoyment out of. That shit is just I, incredible. The election pushed news of the pandemic off the front pages, but as the late Lee Daniels used to say about Benghazi, COVID ain't going away. In fact, the pandemic is getting worse, much, much worse. For four straight days last week, the U.S. broke a new record for daily COVID infections. 
Over the past seven days, the average infection rate has been over 110,000 new cases a day. Remember back uh, when this started and we were at about 30,000 new cases a day, we were all freaking out about the need to close up the economy. Now we're at over 110,000 new cases a day and everything's pretty much open. The current U.S. death toll stands at more than 238,000 people. Every single state in the country is seeing cases rise. And there appears to be another super spreader event emanating from Trump's White House. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows has confirmed that he tested positive for the coronavirus. Meadows was seen last week at Trump's election night party hobnobbing without a mask. Another individual present at that party, Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson, confirmed on Monday that he, too, has tested positive for the virus. The AP reported that a Trump campaign official and an undisclosed number of White House staff have also contracted COVID. President-elect Joe Biden unveiled on Monday a 12-person coronavirus task force that will advise him during the transition. In public comments, Biden urged the nation to wear masks. Meanwhile, drug maker Pfizer is claiming that its coronavirus vaccine is 90% effective. The claims were presented in a company press release, not a peer-reviewed medical trial. Scientists caution that the 90% rate could drop as the medical trial continues. It's also unclear how long the vaccine is effective for. Of course, that didn't stop Pfizer's stock price from jumping more than 10% during trading on Monday. President Trump today fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper. As per his administration's custom, the dismissal was announced by Trump personally via Twitter in a post naming the acting secretary as Chris Miller, director of the National Counterterrorism Center. That's a Senate-confirmed position, for the record. Of the outgoing secretary, Trump said, quote, Mark Esper has been terminated. I would like to thank him for his service. End of quote. Last week, NBC News reported that Esper had drafted a letter of resignation, somewhat ominously, if you ask me, considering the presidential election outcome was far from clear at that point. Esper had been publicly feuding with Trump for months after the president called for active duty service members to be used this summer on protests against police violence, citing a 200-year-old law, the Insurrection Act of 1807. Although Chris Miller is only expected to be defense secretary for about 10 weeks, they could be incredibly consequential. As the New York Times noted in a story on Esper's firing, quote, Defense Department officials have privately expressed worries that the president might initiate operations, whether overt or secret, against Iran or other adversaries in his waning days in office. End of quote. Reassuring. Despite all the negative implications of Esper's firing, there is a silver lining here. Esper was Raytheon's top lobbyist before he was named as defense secretary, so it is hard to feel bad for him at all, even though, again, he's getting fired by Trump for all the wrong reasons. Sort of uh, reminds you of Trump firing Rex Tillerson, who uh, probably didn't deserve to get fired for the reasons that Trump said, but he was the former Exxon CEO, so fuck him. 
Finally, it's been known for years that so-called opportunity zones are a dang scam. But just how big of a scam they are is still unclear, according to a new government watchdog report. The Government Accountability Office on Monday called for agencies to do more oversight on the economic effects of opportunity zones. These are designated tracts of land in the U.S. where capitalists can stash their money in order to avoid taxes under the guise of helping disadvantaged communities. The Trump tax cut laws passed in 2017 set the stage for the creation of 9,000 opportunity zones around the nation. Roughly 10% of the U.S. population lives within them. And inside those opportunity zones, investors can defer paying taxes on gains for decades. What this has led to is wealthy landowners reaping massive benefits instead of investing in community housing projects or independent businesses that can help local residents or infrastructure projects, capitalists have instead put their money into projects that immediately raise the value of their investments with little regard to the surrounding community, stuff like luxury condos and hotels. Study this year out of NYU found zero increases in employment and wages in places designated as opportunity zones versus places that weren't. In other words, the benefits afforded to capitalists in these areas do not trickle down. Several non-governmental studies have confirmed this, but the government itself has yet to conduct any studies of its own to measure the effects, according to the GAO. In its report, GAO called on Congress to require the Treasury Department to collect data to evaluate these zones to find out how poverty, income, education levels, and access to housing changed within opportunity zones, also, what types of businesses and developments were most likely to be spurred by the OZ designation? Joe Biden's campaign still believes in opportunity zones, just structured differently. The so-called Biden plan will task his economic team to come up with ways to reform the Trump opportunity zones. Of course, this is the wrong approach. Trickle-down economics never works. You just got to force that shit by simply taxing the rich or taking their wealth and redistributing that to the poor and working class. All right, that's the newscast for today. That music means we have one haiku to read for a new subscriber over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. And this one goes out to Jake. Doctor, doctor, please say it's possible for Trump to get COVID twice. Thank you, Jake. And thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in DC, so you don't have to be.